What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Mongols, brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. Guys, I uh, how's it going, I guess? <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you can always tell if we've had a good or bad game by the way Mike does the intro, because... Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a feeling you're not getting the let's go. You're not getting the, no. you know, you're not getting the intro music. You're not getting. No. The, yeah. It's just, yeah. Hey guys. I will say, Mike, I think you, you do <laughs> seem to, you, you, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this, but like, I feel like from one game to the next, your emotions can swing wildly based off of your like outlook on a perspective of like a game or something or a team. This is this is sort of like getting into the weeds a little bit about the game itself. But I think that I feel like because we do this show, there are times that we have to come on and we have to sort of be optimistic. We have to be like that. It's okay, guys, we can do this, like, like voice of the team. And I think after I've never I've game, never felt that way. <laughs> I, I feel like but look, I feel like we all sort of have our roles to play. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. I know you're never that way. So I feel yeah, like yeah. to a certain extent. Josh, you're sort of like the even keel. And I'm always like a little bit higher. And I feel like after a while... Not this week. <laughs> it's just... There's been this trend. And I, I even felt it, you know, we uh, we did a halftime show um, in this game for Birmingham. So we did a, a live Twitter space. And it was really well attended. I think there was like 15, 20 people there, which was cool. And so uh, Liz jumped on and was sharing thoughts. And our buddy John... Uh, at USL Tactics on Twitter jumped on. And I was like very, I don't want to say negative, but it was very much like I was empathizing with the Birmingham fans because clearly that was a goal that was disallowed. And I was uh, like, wait, um, yeah, okay, we'll I'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. But I was like, I, you know, if I was a Birmingham fan, I would feel a bit hard done because I didn't feel like the Hounds had done a ton to really warrant being up one nothing at that point. And I mentioned that I thought Dixon really hasn't shown up in a lot of games. And both like Liz got on and she was like, I think you're a hundred percent wrong. And like John said the same thing. And he was like, no, he's like, I think like Dixon's putting in the work and putting crosses in. And I don't know if I'm just, if I've become too cynical because of the, the, the lack of consistent scoring or whatever it may be. I just don't feel confident in this team anymore. And I feel like I'm jumping the gun here. Kev. What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> uh, this weekend, it was Riley, my wife's uh, birthday. And we, uh, for those of you who really like the Titanic, um, there is a very legitimate, very nice uh, Titanic museum in at the foot, at the foot of the Smoky Mountains in Pigeon Forge. Um, and we went there on Saturday morning because uh, Riley really wanted to go. And so we went. We walked through our self-guided tour for like an hour, saw real stuff from like the wreckage and they had a really nice museum exhibit, took a bunch of photos. We we're on the grand staircase. That was a replica like of the movie and everything. Um, and I assume of the actual Titanic, um, but uh, it was fun. So yeah, we did that. Uh, and then just, you know, ate a lot of good food over the weekend for a birthday and celebrated. So any, any, uh, you know, great, information about jack and rose and about the, <laughs> the pendant or anything no the, although they i mean geez in the gift shop they had pendants for everything they had like christmas ornament pendants they had this you know but ornament so of course we got a like a christmas tree ornament um that was like the blue heart thing or whatever um <laughs> it was fun though i guess like part of their shtick is like they 
at the beginning, they give everyone this kind of like fake boarding pass with like an actual name of the, you know, per, like the people that were on. And then they drown um, you. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well, it's kind of, they're, they're like, like, you know, go through the museum and like see what was your fate or whatever. And like, you know, like it was. That's kind of grim, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, proportionally, statistically, right? You, you probably are going to die. But uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But um, oh, the, the last thing I was the really cool part of it, like they had like part of it was interactive. So they like, you know, they, they built this um, that like where like the main wheel is and everything. And anyway, you like exit out and they, they have the room really cold and they have water that you can like just dip your hand in and they keep it the temperature of the water that night or whatever so you can feel just how freaking cold like it was and yeah it was i mean that was that that kind of tied everything together for me like i did man it was like holy crap like that you know so it was cool i mean the entire thing was was fun was there like was the first like display on the tour why is it here in tennessee no i, I never got i never got an answer <laughs> for that i don't know I, I yeah it's weird i don't know why it would be in tennessee because like, that's what, the thing right i i thought like i thought like in this area in pigeon forge in tennessee there's a lot of like you know it's like hillbilly golf and like you know it's like all this kind of that atmosphere of things and so i thought it would be this kind of I don't know. I don't, I don't want to belittle the area or whatever. But, you know, so like I thought it'd be this certain level of like kind of cheaper entertainment or whatever. I was shocked. I was like, no, it's really nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, you would you would at least think it wouldn't be on a land or the museum wouldn't be in a landlocked state. Like you would think it would yeah, be yeah. Like on a coastal, like as something. Yeah. No, no ocean in sight. Just nope. sure. Why not? Because <laughs> what's the kev you would know this better because you were just there and wasn't the trip from like london to new york yeah well um yeah it was no, not london i was like the southampton and then belfast uh northern ireland or ireland i forget which one and then from belfast to new york so let's drop this thing in tennessee yeah it doesn't make sense all right you know whatever but they did a good josh, job I, so I gotta give them credit josh how was your weekend I just did a whole bunch of nerd stuff. I actually had to watch the game again, like because while I was watching it live, I was playing D and D, so you know wasn't paying attention as much to that. Uh, and then this weekend, I pretty much the only thing I've done is I on Friday I went to a friend's house and we played a whole bunch of Magic the Gathering. So you know, just a completely nerdy week was awesome had. Um, yeah, today we did housework and or yesterday we did housework and kind of got caught up on a whole bunch of things. And but yeah, so. Nothing exciting at all. Just just being a nerd. The uh, the boys were asking about watching Stranger Things because they've never seen Stranger Things. So we binge watched the first season this weekend. And so all of the D&D scenes I thought of you guys and I'm being like, that was just 10 hours. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> it, it finished so quickly. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. yeah. You, your kids should get into D&D, Mike. I, I'm sure they would if they played. Um, Online D&D. Kevin can be the DM. So it'll be like, why, Josh? Why are you throwing me? <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, um, well, before we segue into the game, this is going to be the last time that I'm going to sort of plug this. But just a quick reminder on Twitter, uh, we do have Justin has his game day videos. There was no game day video this weekend because there was no game this weekend. But he did put together a video that sort of summarized uh, all of the games to watch this past weekend and the games coming up 
basically before the next Hounds game. So I think on Friday night, there's going to be a couple of games and how all of those could potentially relate to the Hounds final positioning. So go check that out. It's only a few minutes long. Um, and if you want to get access to videos like that early, then uh, go check out our Twitter circle. So Patreon, as we mentioned previously, Patreon is no more. We, we shut that down. Instead, if you would like to support the show, head over to Twitter. We have our pinned uh, tweet, has all of the information about how you can get in on it. It's basically a dollar a month if you want to go that route. If you want to pay 30 bucks, you get the cool new Mongols hat, which you will probably see me wearing for the foreseeable future because it's, it's now my new favorite hat. Um, and that gets you access to all sorts of private tweets where we're going to be putting all sorts of polls out that are just private uh, all throughout the rest of the season and all through next season. Obviously, whatever you pay this year, we'll get you for next year. It'll get you access to all of Justin's uh, videos early. Um, all the pre all the game day previews, all that stuff is early. You'll get access to live game reactions and conversations. Uh, as I mentioned this week, we did a live Twitter space at halftime. And if you are a uh, uh, in our Twitter circle, then you sort of get priority to share your thoughts on there. And we'll tag you in and you can and, and we can talk. Um, and potentially there's gonna be some stuff this off season that we've talked about doing as well. Some maybe additional Twitter spaces, maybe uh, you know, a live show where you you'd be invited to come join us. So go check that out. Head over to Twitter. Like I said, it's either one dollar a month. Or you could pay 30 bucks for the whole year and you get a hat and you're part of the circle. So go check that out. Um, the whole idea is, like I said, to try to make the social content much more engaging. So you don't always feel like you're just like doom scrolling. There's actually something there that you stop, you think about, you interact with, you share your thoughts. And, and it's, it's much more of a conversation. Um, so that's the goal with that. Last time I'm going to say that literally... Uh, later this week, we're going to start moving most of the polls and stuff uh, to behind um, that circle so that just people in the circle are going to see those. Uh, so if you love doing that every morning, like our buddy John, who called it out um, at USL Tactics, then uh, go dollar a month and, uh, and be part of it. So guys, getting into the game, um, the Hounds lost 2-1 to one against Birmingham. I, I, uh, yeah, I, thoughts? Josh, you just watched it this morning, so give us some thoughts. Um, I actually thought the first half was pretty good on the Hound side of things, like watching the game again and like knowing the results and kind of just like, you know, it, since I know we're, we lo we lose the game, I'm watching it with like very critical, like cynical eye. And I actually thought the first half was pretty good for the Hounds. Like I didn't, it was hard to feel like this is a game we're going to lose the watching that first half again. Um, obviously though, the, the very end of that half is where it kind of falls apart and you, you kind of feel like, oh my God, that, that goal that Agudelo, uh, scored and then got disallowed. It was, it looked like it was, I don't know, like Kev, I know you're going to be, you know, advocating that it was a disallowed goal, uh, for a reason, but watching it, uh, it was pretty close and I would feel aggrieved if I was a Birmingham fan for sure. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that goal afterwards though was fantastic. And like, it was a good, good goal from the hounds and it just, you know, it's a shame it's going to be overshadowed because of the disallowed goal. So, you know, I don't know. It was just sad to see. I mean, if look, if the game ended in a draw, like if Birmingham got another goal then I might be like, Oh, like, yeah, we really should have lost that. But then they came back and got two more. So it was just like, okay. Yeah. We, we definitely didn't deserve to win this one. Kev, do you want to make an argument yeah. about the offside? I was just, so I, I don't think it's, I think, I don't think it was like clear and I don't think it was obvious, 
you know, the the commentator in the game says like, oh, that was obviously onside. I don't think it was obviously onside. I think the camera angle from one part makes him look more onside than if you were looking at it like straight on um, from, from the rep. So already there's a little bit of like this kind of optical illusion. And if you're not paying attention to it, he looks a lot more onside. The second thing is he's leaning forward, his shoulders up. And I forget who's already the last defender. His, his foot's kind of back. I can see how, you know, like in first, you're, you don't have VAR, you don't, the play is moving fast. And I think it looks probably a lot tighter than it is. All I'm I think he was still probably on side. All I'm saying is it's not clear and obvious. I think, I think it was probably tighter than it looked like on the TV. And then I, it, I'm, it's more excusable in that sense. So I'm, I don't, I don't feel terrible for like the <laughs> Birmingham fans. Cause I think it's one of those where it's like, yeah, like, sometimes like they're gonna they're gonna miss calls like that uh like for for tight offsides when you don't have var so i don't you know i i just my my whole thing was he was still probably on side i just don't think it was obvious if 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 that was called against the hounds how furious would you be i'd like to don't say that, that to kevin, kevin will be like oh, <laughs> i would completely think of that in a little mind and realize blah 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 yada 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 what are emotions i'm spot <laughs> i just wouldn't use the word furious of course I'd be upset. <laughs> it would be illogical to use the word furious <laughs> yeah. well, so, yeah, so okay, okay and then we and, so you know and then we we go down and we score our goal I, I mean, look, I agree. It was a great finish. I don't know. I think that the buildup for that goal in particular, it felt a little bit, a little bit chaotic. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's like a bad thing. The more, I don't know, the end of the season, it, over, over the past, I don't know, six, seven, eight games, it feels like our team is kind of leaning and benefiting and trying to kind of weaponize a chaotic attack more than previously like i think the goal comes from we try to do a build-up play it kind of breaks down and then i think griffin or someone presses and then it kind of just like he presses he kind of blocks and intercepts like a, a clearance opportunity it breaks and then we lay it off to deco and deco scores and so it, it, it wasn't like this like super clean whatever i'm not saying it has to you know i think that could be something that we're quite good at is this this chaos kind of pressing picking up loose balls and then fighting for them and finishing and i think that's to me that's kind of how it ended but i would i mean i i think deco's finish is a really good finish um he's missed a lot a lot easier chances than that in the past couple of games so um it was it was good to see and yeah i i think the first half you know all said and done that was going away from home i think you know going away from home against a team that is if like you know numbers say paint the real truth you know is is our equal um and you know we struggled away from home this season so it was always going to be kind of an uphill battle in this game so you know going into the to the first half break the way we did i think it was you know as good as we could have probably hoped josh let me ask you going into this game i think we all sort of collectively said that this was a must win because it was sort of a six point swing now that we're past the game and we did not get the three points do you feel like we were being hyperbolic or do you still feel like, well, that's it. Like now we're just sort of, we're, we're where hyperbolic we are. Mike. No, you've never been <laughs> hyperbolic. Listen, we, so, uh, for, for a few days now, uh, my, my wife and I listened to, uh, this was a few days ago. We listened to the always sunny podcast and they use the phrase detritus 
which do you know what detritus is? It's like organic gunk. And, and Rob McElhenney used it to describe this woman rolled down her window, and like sprinkled some detritus out. Like she had just like ran her hands through like the little glove box. It was like, I don't want this crud. I don't want this detritus. So we use the word detritus like all week because we were just impressed with it. Hyperbolic isn't on that same level. But anyway, no, Josh, not. go ahead. It's not. Um, I do. I do feel like this was a must win and we lost it. And now like everything is in jeopardy as far as a home playoff game goes for sure. Like uh, we're not in position right now to have a home playoff game. Detroit won their game. So they are. I don't want to go into the whole table now because I know we will probably do that later. But suffice to say, we're not in a good position. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's to the point now where everyone in the East knows if they're in or out of the playoffs. Um, we're just jostling for position. And all we have left are a bunch of West Coast teams who don't know if they're in. Only one of them knows for sure they're in the playoffs that we're playing against, uh, mm-hmm. San Antonio. So, like, they're all playing for the playoffs still. Like, they, they all have something to win or lose here. And there's a lot riding on these games for them. So it makes this uh, huge uphill battle going forward and it's just that's not where you want to be you you want to be in a position where you you know you have some leeway you have a little bit of slack where you you don't have to you know do or die every single game and if we want to have a home playoff game that pretty much is where we're at at this point unless a lot of games go our way that you know we have no control over uh it's not looking great uh for that aspect and as a fan someone who wants to watch their team win games at home you know in the playoffs like that doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. Yeah. Kev, what are your thoughts? Were we being hyperbolic? Yeah. Well, look, I, I thought this was a must not lose game. I didn't think, I think we could have still gotten away. I mean, because yeah, if we draw this game, our fate's still in our hands. And so, yeah, given the last, given the last games of the season, it, that could still be a little difficult maybe to get through. But if you want to compare schedules or whatever, but we lost the game, and yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I, I, for the past couple of weeks, especially you know Louisville, and then this, I've said consecutively, you know, like this game's the biggest game of the season, and then it's like you know against Birmingham, this game is the biggest game of the season. I'm you know I'm done saying that. I think that that Birmingham game was the game to kind of pivot off of for postseason expectations and everything, and you know. Having the result go the way, I mean, look, I, I think we played pretty well against Louisville, but that was at home. And, you know, you could, if you were being super conservative, you could say uh, Louisville were, was at the end of a long kind of away stretch where they're playing a lot of games a week. You know, we, we go to Birmingham and based off of how the second half, you know, unfolds and everything, I, you know, I, Birmingham were the better team on the night. So, and now look, anything can happen. Anything can change. You know, we've seen the teams above us drop more points than I certainly expected them to in the past five, six, seven games. So um, we could still get a home playoff game. You know, it's very possible we're playing Birmingham in the first round. Uh, you know, at Highmark, um, but probabilistically, you know, it's looking more likely that we'll be going away from home against teams that we generally struggled for the uh, for the rest of the season. So I think, yeah, the the Louisville game was could have been something where the ship started to turn around and then the Birmingham game could have been the platform where we really spring off of and kind of, you know, gain all the momentum we want to, to go into a kind of last season push and, you know, hopefully a, a postseason kind of momentum builds, but it fell flat and it's, 
uh, there's no way to kind of, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to try to like make this sound prettier than it is. And it was, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talked about sort of my mood coming to this. I think it's if, if the results weren't there, but it felt like we were the better team, then I'd, I'd be like, anything can happen. Kev, you know, you mentioned like you go into the playoffs, anything can happen. At this point, I don't realistically believe that. Like, I know that anything can happen, but, you know, 75% of the odds for me are we're going to go into the first round and we're going to lose. And and that's just what's going to happen. Because literally over the past two or three months, we haven't seen anything otherwise. We had Louisville. Like, we could have beaten Louisville and we couldn't score. And this is a game, too, where it's like we had chances and for whatever reason, we've just forgotten how to score and maybe that's at a certain point this season i feel like my expectations increased for how much i thought this team should be scoring and so like people like john and i think sometimes like guys are like talking me back down to like no like this is usl level they're not going to score at every opportunity let and i get that but there are other teams that are winning four to one or four nothing or five to two we're lucky to get one like i feel like we don't even know how to score one and that's after adding somebody like Robbie Mertz to the team that we thought was going to give us, you know, substantially more attacking power and unlock Ciceroni and Dixon and Dequa and, um, yeah. I will uh, say this. I mean, I think um, it's not in our hands anymore, and we know this. And blah blah blah. However, I mean, then the, this <laughs> this next round of games r- does give us an opportunity again, where we're home against an Orange County team that has not been great this season and uh, Birmingham have to go away to Tampa, I believe. So, you know, if we win against Orange County and Tampa, you know, do us a favor, all of a sudden we're back up ahead of Birmingham and everything's on again. So, yeah, I, that wasn't really following your point, Mike, on the whole point of like trying to score more or whatever, but uh, you know, it's just, yeah, maybe. No, and and I mean, look, just to set the record straight, this isn't me hoping doom and gloom on the team. Like, I want them to prove me wrong. Like, go prove me wrong. these next four games, go out and dominate, and really, like, as we head into the playoffs, we're now on an upswing, and we're going against the other teams in the East. But Kev, the way you're smirking makes me think that, like, you don't even believe that statement. Like, you don't think that's going to actually happen, and that's that's the mindset that I'm in right now. Is like, I look at these next four games, and first of all it's not going to really give us a clear bearing on how we're going to fare in the actual playoffs. Cause we're not playing anybody that we're actually going to face in the playoffs unless we get to the finals. And so I think that's of, overrated. I don't know, <laughs> but I think all of the point the whole time. So, okay. So say we play orange County and we win five to one. Are you, yeah. you going to be like, this team is back. Or are you just going to be like, I know no, nothing I'm, about orange I'm not going to be like, so- I'm not. I'm not going to be like this team's back after one game. Period. I, I don't care if we were playing Memphis and we beat them five. No, I'd be like, All but, right, okay, okay. So let's 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 flip it, Josh. Josh, let's say that we play the next three games and we win all of them two to one. Does your mindset shift at all in terms of like you thinking we have a shot in the playoffs? Or actually, we didn't establish what your mindset is in the first place, like going into the playoffs. <laughs> but like, how do you feel now? And how would you feel if we win the next three? I mean, I will think positive things because it's you can only play the team that you're, you know, up against. Like we can't decide who we're playing against, and I don't think the West Coast sucks. So like, and we also play the best team in the West in those next three games. 
and we play the worst team in the West. So like we play a very wide swath of this table. So it's going to be hard to tell, you know, exactly how these teams would stack up against uh, uh, the East Coast. But going into the playoff which with, you know, a string of wins is always preferable. Um, so like if they're going to get hot and they do get high, I'm going to have positive thoughts. And it's also, I, I feel gloom and doom. I feel very like, like I can't trust this team to actually perform day in and day out, but like there's still how many points on the table here? Uh, what is it? How many Hold games on. are left? I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up in front. <laughs> so, so basically we got four games four. left. We're sitting on yeah. 52 points. Yeah. So. And look what, how many points? So 62. So like, there's a lot of points like granted we have to hope no one wins on you know ahead of us but i'm just saying there's a lot of swinging that can happen here like you know our position okay. can change drastically so yeah. it's 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 not like we couldn't possibly you know we could even have a couple of teams below us uh I, you know and still make the playoffs or make the I was gonna, game yeah i was gonna say like look detroit has a game in hand on us and they're three points back so that's like, what scares me right now the, right that now scares me the most Right now we're sitting in fifth place, but in reality, Miami is only four points back and they've got the last playoff spot. So we could finish lower than fifth. We could finish higher than fifth. But at this point, it's kind of completely out of our hands. The best we can do is just go out and win and hope that other teams don't. Um, But that's keeping in mind that a number of these teams are going to be playing each other. So, you know, if you have a Tampa that beats Detroit, then that's keeping Detroit down, but that's making it harder for us to catch Tampa. So we're also only two points back from third place. So I think that's the other reason why I feel gloom and doom, but then you look at the stats and I'm like, why do I feel so gloom and doom? And it's more the eye test than it is the points. I'm like, how did we end up here? And we'll get into that in a bit because I, I want to give you guys more room to talk about this if you want to talk about it. But um, yeah, I I, ran I just I just want to keep uh I, I I my goal is to never let you forget that you said we were never going to lose a game this season at the beginning. Of the <laughs> so yes, when that's your starting listen, point, I absolutely see your mood right now based off of. But uh, listen, I look. So typically after the game, we'll put out a poll just to sort of gauge how people are feeling, and I was not in the mood to put out a poll, so I was just like, I'm kind of depressed about this. How's everybody else feeling? And, you know, shout out to Dan Yost from Houndsy. And he was basically like, our our signature win of the season was the first game of the season, the 3-0 win over Memphis. And after that, it's just kind of been like, like, I don't know. Like, there hasn't been another moment that this team where we've been like, yeah, like, all right, we got it. Let's go. It's just been like, just even keel the whole way. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But, like, that's how you end up not in the top three in the East is you just don't go and take it to those teams. So, yeah. I think in moments where if, if this team, I don't know, this is probably too fantasy um, thinking, um, but I do, it's weird because like, I think the pieces are there and they have shown moments of clicking throughout the season. It just hasn't done it enough where I think like if, if they, if this team was able to settle into a groove where they're regularly, playing well with each other and clicking and then we i think we be, we get into the conversation of being where tampa memphis and louisville are for the for the course of the season i think the issue is we haven't we haven't done it enough and we haven't we haven't been consistent enough in in hitting the heights that this team is capable of 
I think that's that's the other side of my frustration. And I put out a poll today where I basically asked when players underperform, whose fault is it? Is it the player's fault or is it the coach's fault? Because we talked about before how man for man, if you compare players that we have in positions like a Ciceroni, like a Dixon, it's hard to find somebody else in the East that you could plug into those positions that is better than they are. And that goes for multiple positions on this team. So when you have Kevin, like you said, this collective of players that seems to be underperforming, this is not a Lily out conversation, but when I put out the poll and it hasn't finished running, um, but basically 66% of people said that it's on the players when the players are underperforming and 33% said it's the coaches. Josh, where do you stand on that? Do you think that if the players are underperforming, it's on the players or do you think that it's the coach's job to get the best out of the players that he has? I mean, the, the, I'm going to pull a little bit of a Kevin here and like, oh, geez. you know, have an issue with the question because it's not a binary. I mean, it just, it's not, it's not a yes or no type of question or like an up or down. Like there's different factors that you have to consider. So it's never a hundred percent one way or, or the other way. Um, but I do think in these situations, like in this game, especially I, I felt like it was the players, not the coach, because it's not like he didn't put a great lineup out there and that there wasn't, you know, there, there just didn't seem to be, I hate to say like the passion, but like that, that's what it feels like the, the killer instinct. I even made that comment after we got the goal up, like instead of being like, all right, time to go through their throats. Let's get that other goal. We, we held back. We like, you know, kicked the ball around in our half of the field for a while. It's like, no, like this is a moment where they're frustrated. They had a disallowed goal. They just got scored on right afterwards. They're frustrated. Take advantage of that and attack and like really fluster them. Cause there's no way they're all, you know, in their, they're, they're in their head at that moment. That's when you go for the killer instinct, you get that second goal. But instead we just played with it in our half of the field. And it looked like we, we were just waiting for the whistle. It's like, there's plenty of time left to get a goal, go get a goal. Um, so that was frustrating. That was really frustrating to me. Uh, and then, you know, I don't think you can blame Lily for that. Like that's not a, a, a coaching issue. I'm sure he did what he was always doing every single game we've ever seen him yelling, go forward, go forward, go forward. Like that's what he does. So like, it's kind of hard to feel like Lily was like, all right, guys, settle down. Let's, let's slow this game down. Get, you know, bearings. Like, no, he was not saying that. So. Kevin, where do you, where, I mean, you can, you can, you know, object to the question itself, <laughs> but I mean, look, it's a similar question, you know, to like Liverpool right now where it's like, you have the players, why aren't they why aren't they scoring? Why aren't they winning games? And who I mean, people feel like they have to point the finger at somebody. And maybe to Josh's point, there's actually multiple fingers to be pointing. But like, how do you fix this? You don't if you can't bring in better players in the position, then what do you do? I yeah, I mean, I I think I share a lot of perspective that Josh just said, going back to the original question of, you know, it's a little bit of everything and uh, almost at the same time, nothing at the same time. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't think there is an answer. I don't know. I don't think there is a, how do you fix this kind of thing? I think the players have quality. The coach has quality. There have been moments where we clicked and there's moments that we're not. I mean, I think sometimes it's, you can't like will yourself out of a rut. Like, you know, I think, I don't, you know, like Ciceroni at the beginning part of the season, or like the, I don't know, the, the, yeah, mostly the beginning part of the season, he goes to that rut. He's not scoring as much as he should. He's frustrated. 
he can't like will himself to score, right? Like he, he, he wants to score, but he can't will himself to score. All you can do is just keep putting your nose to the grindstone and, and hoping something falls. And I really think that's probably the same thing that's happening here. I can't see anything specific. The only thing are, are the intangibles that I think have already been voiced a little bit on this episode of, I don't want to, I don't want to explicitly point the finger, but yeah, I mean like little lacks of leadership, um, little lack of, yeah, like Josh said, like killer instinct. I mean, when not that this needs to be like overdone, but when one of your teammates doesn't do the thing that you need them to do, you know, there's not a frequency of just like chewing them out on the field and like turning them and yelling at them and making sure they know, like, no, you did that like wrong or whatever. And it's, it's a lot of like, uh, okay, like just turn around, do it again. So like wave and the thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. There's there's this mentality of like, it's not the, it's not the end result. It's not how many goals you score. It's it's not the how many wins you win. It's it's this. Are we doing the process the correct way? You know, are we playing the way we should be playing and we believe that if we play this way it will bring on goals and results and if we're not then we need to be you know having a conversation with ourselves on the field and i mean we see a little bit of that like i think what after the final whistle uh, goes uh mertz like gets into some scuffles or whatever i like seeing that like (laughs) and like so i think there's things like that where maybe there's a bit lacking in this team but i don't know it's also i I, it's it's hard for me to say that because it's just like that's such an intangible that i'm just kind of projecting onto them right now that it's it's really hard to sell is there anything else you guys want to talk about as it relates specifically to this game uh the first goal that birmingham scored ordonia's with that clearance which is horrendous like i don't even know how that happened it just seemed like he was more like passing the ball to birmingham than trying to clear the ball at that point the second goal uh i forget who scored their their second goal but he was so wide open in the box like there was like not a hounds player within 10 feet of him and i'm like how like why like i don't get it Ballarada. Um, okay got yeah. it um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so those two goals like speaking of lack uh laps and you know composure of this team those were both situations where those should not have been goals like i wasn't like i'm like oh that was a great play by them and they they really you know showed some skill there it's like no it's just like our defending was just crap and for both those i for the ordonia's one where he where he tries to clear it i i i'm i'm so with you josh and but i did i feel just a little bad being critical of Ordonez because generally I think he's he's come on pretty strong at the end at the second half of the season. I think he's defended pretty well. I think his distribution has gotten significantly better, and I think he's taken on more responsibility as we switch more to like four at the back. We're putting Kelly Rosales back there. I mean, the more you kind of do that, the more you know you're putting responsibility and stuff on yourself. And I think generally Ordonez has played well. He's recovered well, but that moment I think speaks to a mindset while playing of just, you know, in that moment, it takes uh, awareness and composure to understand the situation that's in front of you. I think in that moment, it's, if you're just kind of running on energy and instinct, it's balls coming in, it's coming to the goal. I'm getting it out. 
And so he, I'm putting my foot on looking back. I mean, you, you could have just like, and maybe this is like a Jamali Waite question too. If Jamali, Jamali Waite just needs to call keeper and like, just let it kind of bounce into him really. I mean, there was, there was a player crashing the net, but I think I, Peters, maybe it was, could have kind of just bumped them off and everything would have been fine. And, and Waite could have even just collected it pretty easily, but because of it, things are a bit frantic because you're kind of playing off of reaction rather than like, you know, what there's, you want to respond rather than react, right. I, you know, I'm, in air quotes here um but it, it was more of a reaction rather than a response and it was just balls coming in and you'd clear it and in those critical moments it takes that extra little bit of awareness extra little bit of composure to understand the situation around you where you can't just rely on the 100 percent thing to do all the time just when in doubt clear it you know picking up the the you know realizing you know it's not that great of a cross and just kind of let it go so I think it was unfortunate. It was a moment. I think Ordinus has been generally good, but yeah, it was it was a bad defensive. Play. Uh this was Dequa's tenth goal. Uh so he's now in the double digits, second place in goal scored for the team at this point. Uh so that's neat. Only two behind Ciceroni. Uh See, our third place had... is Yeah, go ahead. We haven't had double digits or we haven't had two multiple players Dick... in double digits for a Dixon while. Got close. Now. Dixon got yeah. close last year. Yeah. 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 So that's good. Yeah. And third place is Dan Kelly. Yeah, remember that guy? That was, <laughs> he was a cool player. I got him back. Uh, yeah. That's the, that's sorry. the question of the season. I mean, my, when we, when we eventually have the end of the season show and there's inevitably a, a question on there where you say like, what's the most surprising thing of the season? I mean, for me, I think it's Dan Kelly. I mean, has to be, has to be Dan such Kelly. a conundrum this season. Yeah just completely gone no clue um first time we've ever lost to birmingham so that's neat never even (laughs) drawn to them before this Uh, just straight wins that's all we've ever done against birmingham until now so yeah yeah we we had the stat on the last episode about you know lily's performance midweek during the regular season it was something like 27 7 and 2 like we just well now i guess it's 27 7 and 3 um that's just yeah or no i guess it would be 27 8 and 2 i always get the losses and ties mixed up so i always just like write them out for myself and i clearly didn't in this case so yeah um, what do you guys think about one agadello it's i mean i thought he was having a good game he yeah. didn't end up I, scoring or assisting at all but he yeah i thought he had a good game Early in the game, I thought he looked a little lost. I, I'm a I'm a Juan Agadello fan. He got his start with New York Red Bulls when I was like following him, like the MLS team. He played with Thierry Henry, like was sort of like brought up with Thierry Henry. He got some plugs with the U.S. men's national team, and so to sort of see a guy go from that to dropping down to basically playing at Birmingham, it's kind of like ah, like you kind of feel bad for him. But as the game wore on, I thought he did a good job. He was a pest, and uh, and yeah. I thought he was a really good player. I was surprised to see on the season, he only has seven goals and three assists. Um, he came in late. I can't remember where he was, but he did not start the season with them. They, they yeah. signed him like mid-season. Because I remember thinking, oh, crap. Like, well, it looks there's like still teams went... now signing people. Like, I'm like, how can you sign people this close to the playoffs? Like, what is going on? But go ahead, Cal. Yeah, it looks like he has 24 matches played for the team. So, yeah, I mean, it's not the full season, yeah. but it's still a decent amount. But, no, I was really impressed with him. And, and he looked like... Looking at him, I'd be like, you know what, he'd be a great pickup next season for the Hounds. Someone who has that kind of like aggressive kind of nope, you know, not good enough. We need yeah. to raise our game kind of thing. 
And that's a lot of name recognition too. I mean, that that would be the closest thing I think that we've had in a long time to a, a player that people outside of USL uh, knowledge would actually know who that is yeah. um, compared to like, like Dane Kelly is a big name inside of USL, but no one yeah. knows who he is outside of the USL. Um, yeah. Trying to think of anything else for this guy. Oh, uh, I think Dan Yost brought this up in our Discord for uh, during the game chat, but uh, we still have the tiebreaker versus Birmingham if we end the season tied on points, but that could change because that's the tiebreaker that we have because the first one's head to head points, so we're even there because we won the first game. Uh, the next one is goal differential head-to-head matches. We're even there, because we won the first game, I believe, uh, 1-0, and then this one we scored a goal. So now it's 2-2 for goal differential. Uh, the next one is points per game versus in-conference opponents in regular season. <laughs> so that one is a confusing one, because you can't just like look at the table and know what the heck that is. But right, right now, we have more points in in-conference uh, against the conference teams so that is good but that could change because they play more in conference teams than we do going forward yeah, yeah. we're um, like we're we're done like however many points yeah, we, we have that's what we got they can we can't get any more in conference points which they still play indy 11 and the rowdies uh, i believe in conference it's good for indy's us out indy's out and tampa's in so in terms of playoffs yeah so, but i yeah. feel like indy and Tampa can score goals. So oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. So I mean at least they're playing relatively good teams, but yeah, they can still they can score against Indy, I think. Uh, get a get a point there, so. For sure. For sure. All right, well let's talk about um we already sort of touched on the standings a little bit. One thing I I uh wanted to dig up. Um Steve had shared a, a tweet saying that he didn't feel great about basically the how many points we've gotten against teams that are above us in the standings at this point versus teams that are below us. So just to sort of put it in context against the teams that are above us, and I'll put the the table here back up again, just so that for those watching can see against the teams that are currently above us in the standings. So that's Louisville, Memphis, Tampa, and Birmingham. We average 0.875 points per game. So we less, or we average less than a point per game with a negative six goal differential playing all of those teams over the course of the season. The teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs, we average two and a half points per game with a plus 15 goal differential. So when you're like trying to think about where did we get most of our points, it was against teams that are no longer in the playoffs. So that's good. Like that's kind of what you want to see. But the, the, the difference in basically less than a point per game and an average of two and a half points per game for the people above us and the people below us it kind of makes you cringe when you think about the teams above us are the ones we're going to have to play in the playoffs. The other two teams that are in playoff contention but are currently beneath us, the so Detroit and Miami, we average a point and a half per game um, with a plus three goal differential. So we're basically like even with those two teams. So it almost feels like to a certain extent when we're playing these teams, you almost have these like three buckets. You have the Birmingham's, Tampa's, Memphis, Louisville's that, you know, we seem to struggle against. You have the Detroit's and Miami's that were kind of the same teams as at least point wise when you're sort of looking at things. And then you have everybody else that we just sort of dominated. So 
just something to think about when we start heading towards the playoffs. And, and that could, you know, well, that won't change because that's based on points against teams within the conference. So that's sort of how we stand there. Um, one of the other things that I mentioned earlier that I was sort of lamenting was uh, it feels like our scoring output has dropped as the season progresses. And so I actually went back and I looked at a bunch of the numbers. And what's interesting is that if you graph our goals against per game and you sort of throw a trend line on there, basically the entire season, our trend line is at a consistent, we basically average a little over a goal per game that we let in. So that's relatively speaking, we're consistent. There are some wild swings. You know, there was the game that we let in five goals and there's been a couple of shutouts, but for the most part, we let in just over a goal a game consistently all season. Now, if you actually look at the goals scored per game, that's where things get a little bit more interesting because we started the season with a trend line closer to two goals a game, and we have progressively decreased to the point that now the trend line is predicting closer to a goal a game. And, you know, when you look at the actual goal differential overall, so the, you know, when you take the total number of goals scored and the goals that we've uh, let in and you subtract the two, it's a similar outlook. Whereas the differential at the beginning of the season was more of a plus one. And now we're actually like predicting to be more even or less than one. So I, it seems to be, if you look statistically, that the issue is the goal scoring, that we're progressively scoring less goals over the course of the season on average. I, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know. We're not going to, you know, be able to outthink Lily on how you fix that. But clearly this is a scenario where we're either in a rut or, you know, I think we've gotten three goals in the last four games. And I think it was one from Dequa, one from Cicerone. And I can't remember who the third one was scored by, but it, it seems to be sort of all over the place. And that will be something that I'd like to see us swing back up over the next few games. But there's something there. You know what was going on at the beginning of the season? Uh, Dan Kelly was scoring goals. Uh... <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. He's what, third in the team with nine yeah. goals, is it? Uh, and so... Seven. Yeah. To just like have that drop off from like you no longer have that that you know weapon in your arsenal, that can make a difference. I still don't think that a team that has Dequa and Cicerone and Dixon and uh, Mertz and Kenny and Griffin like should be averaging close to one goal a game. Like we should be averaging more than that. I mean, you but, just let that wheat in that conversation, but whatever. <laughs> I, did, I did just leave it. You're right. <laughs> Shane Wheat, man. Listen, yeah. when we get to the end of the season and we're like, what player would you be upset if he's not back? I would not be surprised if you see somebody say Shane Wheat. I'm just, guess Kevin's shaking his head. I'm just saying. Like, I think that he's added a new dimension to his game this season. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on any of that. Um I, I mean, yeah. something at the very beginning there was the whole thing about teams above us versus teams below us. And I will say this is another, you know, giving back on the soapbox for a home playoff game. If we have a home playoff game, we're playing a team below us, not above us. And I mean, obviously you want to play a team that, you know, isn't better than you. That seems kind of silly to even say that, but it is a situation where some teams, they rise to the challenge a lot more than other teams they get that chip on their shoulder and they get the, the underdog mentality. I feel like Detroit's that team, like Detroit's a team where, you know, the higher the opponent is 
in the table, the more they're going to be like, F that guy, let's kill him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's Detroit. Like, we're, we're not yeah, we're the team. opposite of that. Yeah. 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 We're like, nah, okay. Well, this is going to be a hard game, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone do your best, uh, which isn't exactly the same mentality. So I, I, you know, back to that killer instinct. I, I, I'm afraid to play teams that are higher in the standings than us. And I feel like in the past, we've always had that issue, uh, which is why we always go out pretty early in the playoffs. But like home playoff game is going to mean a lot when the fact is you're playing a team that's not as good as you. And this team yeah. does better against teams not as good as them. Granted, we also, you know, end up losing to a team like Charleston Battery. But let's, let's not talk about that. Red Bulls. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, I mean, listen, I, I'm i going to save this conversation for after the season because I want to see how this all shakes out. But there is, you know, as fans, it has to at least be rolling around in your head that this is, what, the fourth season in a row that we're sort of going to get into the – I mean, there was a season where we were top of the East, but this just might be another, like, you're in and you're done. And it's just kind of like, well, how do we take the next step? What is the – we thought Dane Kelly, we were like, done. Like he's going to be in here and like, we're going to score 80 bazillion goals and we're not going to lose a game all season. And that was a collective thought. Everybody agreed with that. And then it just, you know, it didn't happen. So Mike, the, from the numbers that you were showing to um, how, you know, we're, you know, we score one goal in this game, how we're potentially scoring less goals. I mean, I, you know, so I just quickly looked this up individually Um I don't know. I mean, so yeah, what Cicerone and Dequan now both have double digit goals. Dan Kelly has seven. Josh, you said, um, you know, you could say, let's look at the midfielders and we're not getting enough goals from midfield. I mean, just quickly looking this up, it looks like Robbie Mertz, granted, he came in the middle part of the season, uh, but Robbie has one goal. Uh, Danny Griffin has one goal and Canada Forbes has one goal. Now Forbes has nine assists, but they each have one goal and they None of them have really, in my opinion, been consistently threatening with like chances every game. Um, it does seem like sometimes we're kind of leaning and relying a little, maybe a little too much on Deco and Cicerone to, to get the goals and Shane Wheat. But, you know, yeah. I was going to say, you know, who has more goals than our midfielders? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shane Wheat. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's but, like, I don't know. So I, I think that's been kind of an issue this season where we become too reliant. I mean, talk about being one dimensional, you know, it's if you can figure out a plan to essentially just quiet our forwards, you know, our, our midfielders aren't really going to score. So, but it's I so think... weird to have this conversation because we remember at the beginning of the season, we we're like, he keeps on signing forwards. What's he doing? Like another forward. Like, and now we're like, yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, we only have a couple outlets. And if you shut those two guys down, we're screwed. Like what? But again, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, like, you could... Go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say that sort of comes back to like, Kev, your point about the, the midfielders not scoring, I think, is legit. But I also feel like the system that we're playing isn't relying on the midfielder scoring. He's like, I'm going to throw all the attacking power that I have at you. I'm going to throw Ciceroni and Dequa and Dixon and Dane Kelly and Murray, the one scoring, not Danny Griffin. Like, Danny Griffin's going to hold up and just get the ball to those guys, and they're going to make magic happen. And it just isn't, it isn't happening. I think it's fine for one midfielder. So Danny Griffin can get a pass if he wants to play that role, but then Kenny needs to score more and Robbie Mertz needs to score more. Um, and I know I, I didn't look it up for Dixon, but Dixon has been kind of, Dixon would say, look, I'm not in scoring positions as often as deep or Cicerone is. Um, no. And so I'm working with a bit less. And I think that'd be a little bit reasonable. I mean, Josh, good to your forwards point. 
you know, there's there's such a temptation in my head to like just, you know, FIFA video game this or like football <laughs> manager this and just say, all right, like we're playing three up top, Dequa, Kelly and Ciceroni. You know, you can interchange, but Ciceroni, you're off left, Dequa, you're up in the middle, Dan Kelly on the right and just go just score goals. And we'll put three guys behind you that, you know, defend pretty well and give you protection. But the three of you don't have any defensive responsibilities, just go score. And that'd be kind of interesting <laughs> to see. I mean, it's not going to happen, but yeah. What do you, what do you like, got to lose at this point? You're not going to fall out of a playoff <laughs> spot. Try it. But we have a home playoff game potentially on them. Like you said, Mike, we're two points do back we? from third. We're two yeah, points I back do. from third. <sighs> we're not out of this game at all yet. Like, yeah. I, I know I was going to do more so at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, like we... If you look at the point swing, we could get all the way up to first place. Now that no one could win uh, above us yeah. as far as like, but like the point swing right now is so high that you can't take that for granted. How much of but a in all, there still is possibility. But in all seriousness, if we continue down the path that we're on right now, do you feel like we're going to do any better than one game in the playoff and then we're done? versus you're this is your chance you were literally playing the last place team in the west this week why not try it what do you have to lose because well if you want to get you want to get momentum in a system that you're comfortable like that you're playing in and you know that it works the system isn't games, working so there's they've been scoring less goals <laughs> sure. all season but it, it it also feels wrong to with four games left in the season throw out everything that has led you up to this point and then just start anew. That that seems like it's the wrong answer. I believe I'm leaning more towards Kevin's uh, camp here than I am Mike's burning all to the ground and just completely change everything <laughs> point of view. Because like Burn. we are in fifth place. Like we're not a bad team. Like this whole like everything's gloom and doom. Like we're the system's not working isn't really true when we're actually in fifth place. And like we're only a couple points away from fourth, and we're still in a swing enough. Where I will say that it's not going great right now. It's we're not going. We don't have the momentum on our side, but I feel like there is a system that Lily has been creating at this team, and that it hasn't clicked enough to like completely be a silver bullet for us. And to completely throw away and try something else seems like a bad idea like with the the whole wingbacks thing and like the way we we kind of have every, anyone can be a forward situation like i feel like that's still kind of the game plan yeah i'll, I'll say that like even though like i i'm almost like 100 percent in agreement with josh my guy your point's taken like we're not playing well yeah like and if we continue this no yeah i don't see us getting past the first round but the point being is we still have four games and things could change in a different direction. And I think there's an opportunity and a place to do that. Do you believe that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I, I believe that. Yes. I, there is a non-zero chance this team <laughs> clicks and starts playing better in the last four games. Absolutely. See, I don't, I, I wouldn't, don't I wouldn't that. say it's the most likely scenario, but it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely a possibility. I think, I think if this team was to, first of all, Louisville was a test for me to see if they could actually we had this stretch of games where we're playing the atlantas and the new yorks and the batteries and it's like these are the teams that we should be crushing we weren't crushing so i said okay when we play louisville this is our chance to play the top team regardless of the fact that they had played a bunch of games over the course of multiple weeks and they were tired how are we going to do and we got a draw and it was like okay fine like that th that's that's not a loss we could have beat them but we got a draw this could be a turning point but then to go to birmingham 
and lose essentially three to one. It was two to one as a final and whatever about the waved off, you know, offsides. But that to me just meant that this is the team that it is. And so just to like hope and pray, like fingers crossed that they're going to just turn it around. It's not going to happen. You got to do something to shake this team up because if they're not going to do it against the likes of Atlanta and New York, and they're not going to do it when they know that a home playoff game is on the line, then like, when are they going to do it? They're not going to do it. So like go out, your point. I see your be point. a team that's yeah. get, go out tough to beat. Like, like you said, four at the back, three in midfield, you're not going to score against us, but we're going to start playing balls over the top to Dane Kelly and Dequa and Ciceroni and let them run and see what happens. And we, we did some of that against Louisville. We had four guys, basically, basically four forwards running at their back line. But give it a shot. Why not? You got nothing to lose. So the more like, yeah, the more likely scenario is Kiza instead of Dan Kelly. But yeah. yeah, at this point, yeah, it'll be Kiza. Yeah, because I mean, uh, yeah, and I, I also think that like I want to see this team play like they have a chip on their shoulder. Like I want them to yeah. have something to prove, and I I don't want to see them just kind of nonchalantly coming out and being like. All right, you know, time to clock in. Like, I don't want that performance. And, yeah. you know, it's it's just hard to really know for sure if that's what's going on or not. But it, it, this game felt like that. Yep, agreed. Let's talk just for a hot second about uh, the games coming up basically the next four weeks. So looking at our schedule real quick, we have uh, Orange County this week at Highmark. Next week, we have San Antonio at Highmark. The following week, we will travel to Sacramento. And then the last week of the season, we have Oakland Roots at Highmark. And so if you're wondering how are all of those teams doing in the East? Well, Josh, to your point, while the, the East West. is completely – or a playoff, sorry. Uh, the East is completely locked up. The West has nothing locked up other than San Antonio and San Diego have claimed spots. Orange County are currently in last place in the West, and they can still get into the playoffs. So literally the, the, the gamut of teams that we're playing here, San Antonio is currently the number one team in the West. Sacramento is number four. Oakland is in eighth battling for a playoff spot and orange County is in last place, but they're still not mathematically eliminated. So when you sort of look at things, orange County, that's who we have this week. They're in last place in the West. Um, but they know that they haven't been mathematically eliminated. So they're going to come out and they're going to try to get three points against us. And the last game of the season with Oakland basically sitting in eighth right now, they could be right around that playoff line playing for their lives. So none of these games are give me. I mean, the only one that could be close would be San Antonio because they've locked in the number or they've, they've locked in a playoff spot and they're basically what uh nine points clear of san diego in second place so by the time we play them they may have a little bit more of a cushion but even if they're not going to coast on us like none of these games are going to be easy so whereas earlier in the season we were kind of thinking well maybe we'll get to the end of the season and things will already be sort of shooken out and you know some of these games none of these games are gonna be easy so we're gonna be battling for everything we got um three home games though Three three home games, so like we have that going for us. That's good. Very happy about that. Yeah. And it and starts playing. With... Sorry, I was gonna say, when you're playing West Coast teams and yep. you have mostly home games, that means there's a lot of travel right now for the teams coming towards us. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it all starts this Saturday, 7 p.m. at Highmark. I, I don't want to. I mean, score prediction feels just like ridiculous at this point. But 
Is anybody here predicting anything other than a draw or a win? I think a win. I, I mean, I, it's not that, you know, we need a win. It absolutely has to be like, I understand like it kind of is, but it's, it's, it's more of the situation where it's like, I don't see why we wouldn't win this game. This is not a gimme game though, because this team doesn't have those. <laughs> we don't get gimme games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll say the same. I mean, I think if it's, if it's not a win, then I think it kind of becomes like less than a 20% chance that we get a home playoff game. And I think that's what kind of makes it feel like it's a must win. If we, if we want any kind of optimism going into the playoffs with a chance of getting a home playoff game, then this kind of essentially becomes a must win. And so, yeah, it's, let's see what happens. It will be interesting to see how the team approaches this game, because I feel like, even though we've locked up a playoff spot, you start having that conversation in your mind of like, okay, we don't want anybody to get injured and in heading into the playoffs. Nah, I saw that heavy tempo. Do you do you treat every one of these games now like it's a playoff match, and it's just like you go you go for everything in every game? Like if we're down a goal, to, is yeah. is is Jamali Waite coming up to like take corner kicks like? Is that where we're sure. at? Because I kind of feel like that's where we're at. Yeah. If so. nothing more, too. I mean, I think we need the points. But also on top of that, I think you need to... Going in a playoff game where everything's a one-off game, you need to be feeling feeling good about yourself. And you don't feel good about yourself and you're not in a good tempo unless you're playing well, like, on you know, leading up to those games. So, yeah, I think it's... I, I don't know how this is actually going to play out, but for me, it's critical. You need to be treating these games like playoff games and you need to be going 100%. Agreed. Gentlemen, anything else to talk about on this one? Uh, I'm trying to remember who all got call-ups. Uh, Jamali Waite and Jesse Williams got call-ups to the international. Yeah, those um, are Yep, Trinidad and Tobago. So keep that in mind. Um, and we totally, completely kind of blew over the fact that uh, um, Jelani Peters got a red card. In the yeah. Like, hey, that happened, guys. At the very end, <laughs> in extra time. Uh, yeah. So that was like I, salt on the wound. So right. I just, I'm yeah. struggling to remember the actual occurrence too. I oh, remember okay. thinking like, what? It was a double yellow, right? Like, it was yeah, he got a second yellow. yellow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was one of those where I remember watching and be like, yeah, that's that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at that point, it's like you know, still depressed that we're, that we just lost this game. It's like, yeah, we're not coming back from this and we're not even scrounging out a point out of this. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, and we just got a, a red card. Cool. 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 Yeah. Like, great. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's a thing. Also, like I, I got a feeling cause I just looked up to make sure I was right. But uh, yeah, Detroit's playing New York Red Bulls too. Uh, and they're three points behind us. Or not even three points, right? Aren't they? Yeah, three points. They're three points. So if with a game we end up, I don't even know where we end up at that point because we I think we're even we lost points. to them. We lost them in the first game and then no, no, we, we haven't we haven't lost we, them. I think we drew both games. Yeah. Yeah, we, we drew we, the away game. I knew we definitely drew the away game. Yeah, uh, we have right. not lost to Detroit because I, I always yeah, I I know we haven't lost to Detroit because that yeah I I think it's interesting that, you know, we play each other twice so far and neither team can call any victories yet. So, 
but yeah. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see who plays first. Yeah. Uh, I didn't pay attention to what time we played, but or what I, time I, I don't know if this is actually a thing, but like putting the pressure on Detroit, being like, all right, we did our thing. I I don't think. I mean, there's still four games left. Like we're looking at this stuff, and I'm sure there's certain said they are, but it's not like. And they also I think when we get down the last, yeah, when we get down to last two games of the season, so. Yeah, and they have a game in hand, so I mean, it's also a situation where it's not like they have more opportunities to get more points than we do. So. Right. So. Yeah. Alrighty, well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Keep in mind that uh, you can be part of the conversation. Head over to twitter.com backslash Mongols. Click the link in our uh, little pinned tweet there to join the Twitter circle. $1 a month. Loads of additional content. 30 bucks for the year. You get the hat as well. Weep your mind of the Black Lives Matter. We are proudly part of the Beautiful Game Network, which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer. Help us all keep doing what we're doing. Hit the BGN.FM. BGN click the donate button. Help us cover our expenses. Uh, we appreciate the support. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.